Hi, this is Brian Wilson, and you're listening to Good Vibrations with David Beer. Sponsored by Endless Summer Nice little clip there. The stereo remix that came out earlier this year on Sunshine Tomorrow and on album format as well. Hi, welcome to episode 21 of Good Vibrations. I'm your host, David Beard. Today, we speak with Grammy Award-winning producer and engineer Mark Lynette on the two new digital releases, Sunshine Tomorrow 2 and Live Sunshine. And if you're a subscriber of Endless Summer Quarterly Magazine, then you know that uh, we just published our winter 2017 edition, and it celebrates the Wild Honey album with new articles from historian Peter Ream and Philip Lambert, as well as a really intimate interview with Brian's first wife, Marilyn Wilson Rutherford. It's definitely worth picking up, so head over to esquarterly.com when you get a chance, and uh, like us on Facebook. And also be sure to join the Endless Summer Quarterly Magazine community. We have a group page there as well on the Endless Summer Quarterly Magazine Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you and your feedback on the issues. And today, we're going to get started with Mark, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. You know, today we talk about the new 29-track Sunshine Tomorrow. This is These are purely digital. And we do get to hear a clip of Let the Wind Blow a cappella coming up in just a little bit. But let's get started. I really hope you enjoy it. In all, I mean, it's it's really interesting now when you take smile sessions, then you have smiley smile, mono, and stereo, then you have all these sessions from these two volumes, and then all the live shows. It's, it's, well, uh... Yeah, well, and the party, and the uh, party album. Yeah, yeah, so it's... All the party sessions. Yeah, well, so... Well, yeah, we're trying, you know, I mean, we're, we're trying to, uh... Give the fans, you know, as, as as much as we possibly can, and frankly, this uh, co- you know the copyright necessity, you know, helps make that possible. It's you know, as long as we're releasing something, uh, yeah. There's <laughs> certainly most of disc one, uh, we'll call it disc one on this uh, fr- release this Friday, it didn't have to be uh, re- released to protect the copyright. There, there, you know, alternate versions and sessions and you know things like that. It just, you know, it just seemed like a good thing to do. You know, frankly, uh, had we at the time and the inclination, I, I could have seen a, uh, you know, a, vo- uh, a volume two physical release. Let the wind blow. Let the grass grow. But don't let her go. The live stuff is a different story. The live stuff, you know, needs needs to be released. I mean, it's good to have it anyway, but uh, you know, that that had to be had to be put out. With the sunshine tomorrow too. What now? And then I realize when I'm asking this question, I realize that you've heard this stuff for a while now. It's new to me, and it's new to the 
the fans will hear it on Friday. Can you think back to when the first time you heard these sessions and what kind of, you know, stands out in your mind about, you know, a surprise or maybe something that you felt was unique? Well, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's always fascinating to hear, you know, the work in progress, as it were, or, you know, to take... To, to take a take a mic and uh, uh, strip it down a bit um, to hear the various parts, you know, and, and, and how it all fits together. I mean, I'm thinking just off the top of my head of uh, uh, the version we have, we have a version of wind chimes without the lead vocal, and at the very end in the tag, uh, uh, there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of backgrounds that uh, you know, are, are largely obscured in the in the regular record. So taking it, you know, presenting it like that just gives you a whole new bent on, um, you know, how this, how the stuff was constructed. And the same with, uh, well, we didn't, I didn't, I didn't do too many session um, uh, things on this, partly because the, the both Smiley Smile and Wild Honey tended to be uh, tracked in very uh, limited fashion. I mean, you know, a piano and a bass or, you know, the, the tracks tended to be built up um, as opposed to, even, even though it is the band playing, not too many of the tracks seem to have been, um, uh, you know, recorded with a full a full rhythm section. Mm-hmm. This wasn't the way they were working at that point. It's Mostly it's, there's a lot, there's an awful lot of alternate versions, you know, just in different ways to, and a lot of backing tracks, a lot of acapella, few things that people asked for, you know, throughout the 29. And then, yeah, and some stereo mixes of the, of the late Hawaii stuff, the few backing tracks, um, I guess there were two, yeah, two, Barbara Ann and Surfin, uh, that they start, they recorded backing tracks but never uh, recorded vocals, partially completed uh, Heroes and Villains, late in Hawaii, and then uh, stereo mixes of uh, God Only Knows and California Girls, Although that uh, it was a different mix than the one on I think it's on Made in California, and then there's an alternate version of um, Surfer Girl. Uh, they did two completed versions, and this this is the other one, the one we didn't include on uh, the physical release earlier this year. Yeah, and talking about uh, I'd like to get into Late in Hawaii. It's it's uh, what you did is kind of uh, just <laughs> icing on the cake, uh, you know. Not that the late in Hawaii shows were, I don't think, by any stretch, uh, the greatest the group had ever done or anything, but it's interesting because Brian was there, and it's been one of those kind of sought-after, for the collectors, Have it's been one of those sought-after items, those shows, those rehearsals, and and now to have these post-studio you know, where they went to the studio and they were working on it. Of course, they never completed it. They went on to Wild Honey. But for you to put all this together with these two volumes, Sunshine Tomorrow, Sunshine Tomorrow 2, where, because we get, uh, with a little help from my friends on the first release, and now we're getting a session of that, which is really cool. And then just these studio, this studio work post-shows, post-rehearsals, and you've put it all together you know, rehearsal show, rehearsal show, then now we have the post. It's like we finally have this late in Hawaii thing, which is this perfect bridge between Smiley Smile and Wild Honey. And I'd, I'd just like you to talk a little bit about kind of pulling all that together and, and what aspect of that that you found fascinating. Well, it was an interesting concept, and, and uh, what stands out is 
the rehearsals in Hawaii, um, you, you know, you could see what 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 they were attempting uh, to do and what they you know wound up doing when they went back to the studio. I think <laughs> the problem, and just what impressed me, that nobody thought of was that the way they were presenting these songs. Uh, it was going to be a problem when you added whatever you know, whatever it was, five, ten thousand screaming girls, um, you know, fans, <laughs> you know, rea- reacting to uh, to the Beach Boys. I, you know, it it it, uh, it, it wasn't the set wasn't designed for the you know for their audience. Uh, it, it 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 works much better in the rehearsal setting. Uh, where there, you know, where there's there's no interference, or in the studio, uh, you know, in the re, in the re-records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. That's an interesting point. I didn't even think about that. I mean, yeah, you're you're absolutely because that's the whole the whole. You know, you can hear it in the in the rehearsals. Is the, obviously they they were wanting to kind of do this kind of similar to Smiley Smile, this kind of simpler approach to what they were doing and present it that way. Because the songs were well, the music that they had done leading up to Smiley Smile was this more dynamic uh, stuff. So they were kind of de- trying to kind of—is the right word deconstruct? I guess so. And you see, when they go back out on the road in November, that you know they're back to doing a doing a show, you know that you that you can do in front of ten thousand kids, and uh, you know, and, and not and not have the audience, uh, you know, interfering, shall we say. Um, with with the performance, the way it sort of happened in in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and is that the difference between uh, a Brian Wilson vision versus, or not necessarily versus, as opposed to a Carl Wilson leading the group? I don't know. I mean, I, there's, there's really no way to say. I mean, you can see that even in that tour, things are changing. The earliest shows, you know, they're they're doing more songs from Wild Honey. I mean, they do Country Air and they do uh, Boogalooted. And by the second or third show, you know those are gone, and the only remaining songs are Dar- you know, the singles, "Darling" and "Wild Honey." They stay, they stay in the set for all uh, what is it, five shows? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like, like, yeah, I mean, any other band, it's evolving. I, 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 I can only speculate that. And, and uh, I should mention, of course, they have extra musicians on the on the fall tour, so it, you know, they're they're able. Um, you know, to get to get a fuller sound, to get to get more, to get more happening. I mean, I can only speculate that, you know, prob- probably, possibly, you know, everybody realized after um, the shows in Hawaii, um, you know, that that kind of presentation wasn't going to work so well in front of a big a big audience, and it may have been part of why they abandoned the live album altogether. That it just didn't, you know, it just didn't seem to fit um, a live environment. And you know they 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 go on to do <clears throat> wild honey, they go on to do wild honey not uh, not in quite so uh, uh, so we say soft a vein, but it's you know it's still presented the same way. It's still the band, um, you know, with a lot, without a lot of outside or almost no outside um, uh, uh, musicians. What what was kind of the your perception behind wanting to include that inf- entire fall tour? What 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 motivated you to want to do that? Well, frankly, we have we <laughs> it, you know we we needed to. It's been bootlegged, so we we had we needed to get to put it out uh, to pr- to to protect the group's copyright. Okay. Um, on the recordings, but it, you know, uh, past that, I mean, uh, 
they're good, you know, they're good, they're good shows, they're good performances. And like I said, I mean, uh, uh, our attitude for the last few years has been, you know, if if, uh, if if it's good and we can release it, we'd like to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what did you, when you listened to those shows, beyond the copyright thing, when you listened to those shows, what was it that you liked about them? Well, one thing I like is, you know, those are, those are, I don't know if it's an independent board mix or it's just Steve Despers who was you know, mixing mixing for them at the time. Uh, the same mix that was going to the PA. I tend to think the former because the the the, uh, the mix is rather well balanced, and you wouldn't have had a PA that would have been you know getting that kind of stuff. But I, I really don't know. But the you know the the um, unlike a lot of things uh, from that period, the mix is really good. So you can really hear you know how good how good the band was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're really good performances. Yeah, yeah. And that 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 lineage really began back with the 2015 party thing. To me, to my ear, because when I right. heard when I heard that, that's kind of what totally changed my whole perception of them as a unit. Well, they're sort of getting back to it. I mean, you know, up through '64 and even into '65, uh, you know, it, it it is still. Uh, the Beach Boys band, if you will, the Beach Boys playing um, on their records. I mean, the, the biggest revelation to me, actually, in the 64 set was, uh, you know, all the shutdown volume two stuff that is, you know, almost entirely, uh, if not entirely, the Beach Boys. I mean, even songs like Fun, 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 you know, they have, they have a few horns. Hal Blaine is playing uh, second percussion, and then we're not sure if he's doing the overdubs or it's Dennis, but, De- you know, Dennis is the drummer on the on the basic track. And then all the rest of them, you know, Don't Worry Baby, that's that's the band uh, uh, with no outside participation. Uh, Pom Pom Playgirl, that's, you know, that that's the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, through, so through that album and about half of today uh, is, is still... Uh, you know the Beach Boys playing, and then it gets more. It, it gets you know it gets more uh, session musician uh, oriented. Um, part of you know part of today and most of uh, Summer Days, and of course Pet Sounds. You know um, are are you know the other and Smile are the other approach. Uh, but 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 Party, you know, uh, you know like you said again, you know, dem- demonstrates. Um, you know how how good they were, uh, you know, on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this, and and frankly, Smiley Smile and Wild Honey, Wild Honey in particular, even more so. As, you know, and and uh, as well as as well as the live, you know, uh, the live recordings from '67. It shouldn't to me. It shouldn't be that much of a revelation, really, because you you ha- you know you had to be that good uh, to perform. You know, back then we all become so accustomed. To uh, you know all, all the tape, you know the, the recorded, pre-recorded backing tracks and all this stuff that goes on today that tends to obscure you know <laughs> whether anybody can really you know uh, perform uh, perform their music. You know, it was much more <laughs> much more perf- you know performing flying by the seat of your pants if, as it as it were uh, back then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 I guess, and and I think it's to to me, it's just one of those things that the the Beach Boys' early music sounded so simple because it was just it just came through the radio, so friendly. You know, it was just such an easy thing to listen to, but it was quite complicated. It was very complicated. 
complicated, though. You know, the thing that I said, one of the things that always got me in the 64 stuff was listen to the backing track of Pom Pom Playgirl. I mean, that's the band, 100%. It's not a lot of takes. I think there's a, you know, there's a few run-throughs. But <laughs> that's a very complicated song. I mean, it's <laughs> modulating, like, you know, every verse. I mean, it's crazy. And they just play it straight through. collectively just so damn good at that point. I mean, they were really, really good. Yeah, and of course, the other thing we haven't touched on is, is uh, the realization, especially in the wild, in these Wild Honey sessions, you know, that, that con- uh, contrary to, you know, sort of popular belief, that after Smile, Brian just sort of went, I've had enough. Um, he's clearly, you know, in, in, in control of the sessions um, and, uh, you know, d- directing how these tracks um, should be put together, and, and and we don't have too many vocal uh, um, outtakes, but you can tell that that he's you know he's well in control of that as well. I mean, I do th- I do think it was more it was certainly more of a cooperative uh, band like process than it had been in the past. Or, I mean, that it, well, certainly than it had been in sixty sixty uh, late sixty five and sixty six. Um, but it, you know, it's still. I, I, it seems to me that it's still Brian, you know, uh, act, acting as the producer by and large. Mm-hmm. And everybody else's role is definitely expanding. You know, Brian had a pretty good sense of uh, even if he was playing on the track. You know, when it when it was right and when it needed to, you know, to go again. No, I want to thank Mark Lynette for taking the time to talk with us today about these new releases, Sunshine Tomorrow 2, and a new digital 29-track collection available now, and. Live Sunshine, a 109-track uh, digital collection. Uh, it's it's a pre- it's pretty cool. <laughs> just to have Laden Hawaii in one in one collection is just cool. And then not to mention the entire fall Thanksgiving tour of 1967. They, these things are priceless. And if you're a fan of the Beach Boys, these are must-haves. And what a great thing to be able to pick up, you know, right before the holidays and enjoy. So I hope you've enjoyed episode 21 of Good Vibrations and episode 22 with. Al Jardine is coming up very soon. Appreciate you tuning in. And as a reminder, head over to, if you're on Facebook, 
head over to Endless Summer Quarterly Magazine and like us if you haven't already. And be sure to join our group. Um, it's Endless Summer Quarterly Magazine Community. It's right there. It's part of the part of the Facebook page. And also, if you love the Beach Boys, and who doesn't, head on over to esquarterly.com. That's E-S-Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-Y.com. You, when you get there, there's a landing page. There's a jukebox that plays music. Behind that jukebox is a palm tree. At the top, there's a signpost that says subscribe to the magazine. It's really that easy. Just click on it and subscribe. And uh, you'll see back issues. You know, we, we've celebrated 50th anniversary now of these really great uh, albums and eras of the Beach Boys. You know, just dating back over the last several years, Summer Days, Summer Nights, Pet Sounds, Good Vibrations, This Year, Smiley Smile. And now the brand new winter 2017 edition celebrates 50 years of the Wild Honey album. If you love the Beach Boys, you'll love this magazine. We have an exclusive interview with Mike Love on his new, the making of his new Tuesday set, Unleashed Love. And with the Wild Honey section, we have articles from Peter Ream, Philip Lambert, and an intimate, a wonderful intimate interview with Brian's first wife, Marilyn Wilson Rutherford, about the living conditions and the house and how the, how the house was converted into a studio. It's very cool. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Look for episode 22 real soon. Have a great holiday. <laughs>